0: Right. Well, as always, I've got a number of scriptures I want to take you to today. We are starting a new series of our focus this month. Again, most of you are very aware of this. We asked God at the start of 2022 for a word for the year, and we felt like God gave us the word "deeper," and that He wanted to take us deeper. And then we're unpacking this in different ways throughout this year. And so this month, I want to talk to you about deeper faithfulness, and uh, I. the messages i'm going to be sharing over the next couple of weeks have really come out of some conversations i've been having with the lord prayers i've been praying things i've been examining in my heart things i've been examining in my life and also my pastoral if i'll say concern concern maybe isn't the right word because i'm not like freaking out or concerned about it but just my pastoral heart for us as a church family and so i want to talk to you about deeper faithfulness and i want to talk to you about faithfulness to the lord and faithfulness to what God has called you to, faithfulness to what God has put in our hearts. And so we're going we're gonna to go, go there and, and dive deeper into that. If you want to turn with me to Matthew twenty five fourteen to 13. This is a, um, a parable that Jesus told or a story that most of us would be very familiar with. But let's dive right in. Verse 14, it says, For it will be like, and this is Jesus talking about the kingdom of God, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property, To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went out at once and traded with them and made five talents more. So also it was with he who had two talents, he made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing forward five talents more, saying, Master, you've delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also said, all, And also who had two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I know you are a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent on the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with bankers, and at my coming I could have at least received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who who has will more be given, and to he who will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Everybody say deeper faithfulness. Now several initial thoughts I want to share to you just even out of this passage. The first thought I want to share with you is that faithfulness really matters to God. We can see it here in this scripture. I could take you to multiple other scriptures throughout the Word, whether they talk about faithfulness directly or whether they talk about faithfulness conceptually and kind of from different angles, but faithfulness really matters to God. Faithfulness really matters in the kingdom of God. As believers, faithfulness is something that should really matter to us. That's my first thought from this passage. My second thought from this passage is not does faithfulness really matter to God, but faithfulness actually brings joy to our Father. The Master here who represents God, it's a figurative or a picture of God, when He had the servants who were faithful, He would said to them, enter now into the joy of your Master. And I know we don't really use this phraseology that much, talking about bringing joy to God or bringing joy to His heart. But there's something very special and very powerful. And I want to pay attention to something that I see in the Scriptures that brings joy to our Father's heart. And the Scriptures say that when we are faithful, it brings joy to His heart. The third thought I want to pull initially from this passage is not does faithfulness really matter to God. Not does faithfulness bring joy to His heart. But faithfulness matters or it carries weight in eternity. One of the key concepts to really unlock this passage is to understand the biblical teaching and the reality of eternity. I've shared this. I think I mentioned it last week. We talked about it a little bit. I've mentioned it in passing in some other messages. Again, it's something that's just been stirring in my heart a lot about us just getting a fresh revelation of eternity. But you and I are not just in this life and then it's over. And this life actually is preparing us for eternity. And the decisions we make in this life will affect where we spend eternity and will also affect how we spend eternity. And one of the key things that's going to matter when you and I stand before Jesus Christ, one of the key things that's going to matter even as we walk out eternity is going to be the faithfulness that we walked with the Lord. So we see that faithfulness really matters to God. We see that faithfulness brings joy to His heart. And we see that faithfulness carries massive weight in eternity. So this leads me to a very obvious question that I'm sure some of you maybe are asking yourself. What then is faithfulness? I don't know about you, but if I understand this is something that matters to God and matters in the kingdom, it's something that brings joy to the Father's heart and it matters so much in eternity. I want to make sure I know what the Bible says faithfulness is. I don't just want to have my own idea. Because, you know, with a lot of these biblical words, we're familiar with them. So you say faithfulness, we go, yeah, I know what he's talking about. But if I asked you, say, okay, define what faithfulness is. A lot of us might stumble a little bit. And we go, uh, well, it's kind of, uh, I don't, you, you know what I'm talking about? And so I want to make sure we go to the Scripture and say, okay, what is faithfulness? And if we're going to talk about going deeper in faithfulness. And we're going to move deeper in faithfulness. We want to know what faithfulness is. Because I don't want to be going deeper in what I think is faithfulness. And God says, no, well, that's actually not faithfulness. This is what faithfulness is to me. And so, as I usually often do, if I want to look at a definition of the word, I just went to the dictionary. And it gave such a brilliant definition of faithfulness in the Webster's Dictionary. I thought, let's just start there and we're going to work from there. So the first point, everybody say number one. Deeper Come on, everybody say deeper faithfulness. Deeper faith. Faithfulness is to be steadfast in your affection or your allegiance. That's the first point of the definition of faithfulness. So we want to go deeper in faithfulness. We're asking God, we're saying, okay, we want to grow in faithfulness. What is faithfulness? First and foremost, and I would say this is foundational to everything else. If we're talking about faithfulness in the context of being Christians and being followers of Jesus, it means that we are steadfast in our affection or our allegiance to Jesus Christ. Family, if we're going to talk about faithfulness today, I want to start right here. And uh, we may not even get very far past this point today. But we are called to be faithful to Jesus. How is your faithfulness to Jesus today? Where is your faithfulness to Him? Are you steadfast in your affection? Are you steadfast in your allegiance? You know, that word affection jumps out to me. I was just so encouraged today as our times of worship. I mean, we really had powerful worship times in both of our services, but that's part of our affection to God. That's part of our affection. Our affection is devoted to Him. Our allegiance, our commitment to Him. You know, probably if we talk about faithfulness and this part of the definition, it clicks for most of us because we use this word still very much in our current context when we talk about marriage. And we talk about being faithful to our spouse. Or if someone has stepped out or has left or has gone off on their spouse, then we will talk about them being unfaithful. And this is a very core definition of understanding the word. But I want to bring this to Jesus because the Bible says that Jesus is the bridegroom and that we as the church are his bride. Now gentlemen, I know some of us maybe struggle a bit with that picture. You start to talk about the bride of Christ and we kind of click out. But I remember someone said a lot, years ago, and always stuck with me, and said if our sisters can qualify to be part of the sons of God, then gentlemen we can also be the bride of Christ. And so, but the whole point is there's this picture. God gives us these pictures to understand. But we understand this. When we understand marriage, and we understand marriage, there's this element of faithfulness. There's this element of allegiance. There's this element of devotion and affection. I know that's what, for Pastor Sharon and I, we want to build in our marriage. It's faithfulness, but there is a call, family, to be faithful to Jesus. There's a call to give him our affection. There's a call to give him our allegiance. And a lot of times as Christians where I was, and today I want to challenge us a bit. I want to stir your heart a bit regarding faithfulness. Because we'll say we're faithful to Jesus. We'll sing we're faithful to Jesus. We'll talk about being faithful to Jesus. But we have to step back and go, but does Jesus have my steadfast affection? Does Jesus have my steadfast allegiance? Because that's what faithfulness looks like. And what I've found for myself and what I've found in pastoring over the last 20 years is sometimes we're not very faithful to Jesus, but we think we are. We just don't see it or understand it. By my heart today is that we'd be stirred with a fresh faithfulness to Jesus. Let's look at a couple verses. John 12, 42-43. It says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers who believed in him... Uh, but among the Pharisees, so nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now I don't know about you guys. I read this verse quite often. I'll go through my Bible reading time. This verse messes me up a little bit. This verse messes me up because what it's telling us is that amongst the leaders... In Jesus' time, many were believing in him. Many were listening to his teaching. Many were seeing his miracles. You know, we know about Nicodemus, for example, who came to Jesus at night. But it actually says there were way more who were believing in Jesus who were saying, we believe what he says. But because of the Pharisees, they kept it quiet. They kept it hidden. Can I bring this forward to 2022? Many of the leaders believed in Him, but because of the Pharisees they would not confess Him, lest they would be canceled. Kind of brings it home, doesn't it? Lest they would be canceled. Family, we are in a day and an age where our allegiance to Jesus is mattering more than ever. And every one of us in our journey will have opportunities and it will look different for different people. But we will have an opportunity to stand with Jesus, to stand with who he is, to stand with what he says, or to say, you know, well, uh, you know, kinda, I, I don't really know him, kind of back up. We will have choices. And what really defined for them is they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now about you? I like people liking me. I like getting along with people. I don't want to be crosswise with people. I've always had that heart. My parents will always tell me the story of even when I went to daycare and they kind of put me in little kids' things. Yo, if I wanted a toy, you know, most kids, they, the daycare worker pulled them aside. Most kids, if they wanted a toy, they'll see it, they go up, they grab it, and they get in a fight with the kid. So what I used to do was I'd go find another toy. And I'd go give the child that toy that I thought they might like. And then once they got into in that toy, I'd take the toy I wanted. And the the worker actually told my parents, "Said he'd make a good politician one day." (laughs) But there's this part of me. I'm not trying to be disliked. I'm not trying to. I'm a peacemaker, right? I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm not trying. But there's still a point in a place where we will come to crossroads where I can stand with Jesus and lose the praise, the approval, you know, whatever else it might be from others, or I can. Just, you know, back off it. Not say anything. Go with the flow. You know, like I said, this verse messes with me because, yeah, you know, sometimes you hear, yeah, they love the praise of men more than the praise of God and man. Like and think about this. Like, this was this is now in the scriptures for all of eternity. It doesn't name them. It didn't say there were those who even though they were going to be put out of the synagogue, declared their faith in Jesus. And and sometimes, you know, we can criticize, but I've been stirred more and more to take the position of humility and go, uh, maybe am I more prone to do that than I realize? You know, maybe maybe instead of being judgmental of that or kind of have this attitude like, yeah, I'd never do that, uh, maybe I should be looking a little bit more and go, God, like help me to grow in faithfulness. Because it's so easy, and this is why it's so easy. It's so easy to go with the praise of men because that is often impacting and affecting our right now. But I believe what God wants to build into us is this awareness of, okay, I, I can get the praise of men right now. I can go with what's popular. I can go with what's in right now. But am I, am I, am I you know, turning my back on Him? Um, Matthew 26, 69 to 75. Let me say this. There's a great worship band called Circuit Riders. They're out of YWAM. It's kind of connected to an evangelism movement. They just got some of the most radical, powerful worship songs. Uh, My cousins connect with them, so that's what first got me connected. But there's this one line in this one song that's always stood with me. And it said, singing about Jesus and honoring Jesus, and they said, when persecution comes, I choose to stand with you. Because often what persecution is trying to get us to do is to create appropriate distance. But there's this heart that says, Jesus, I'm going to stand with you. If nobody else will, I'll still stand with you. If I'm going to pay a price, I'll still stand with you. If it's going to make my temporary harder, I'll still stand with you. If it's going to cost me some money, I'll still stand with you. If it's going to cost me some relationships, I still stand with you. Matthew 26, 69-75. Now Peter was sitting outside the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also are with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. They went out of the entrance and another servant girl saw him and said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus. And again he denied it with an oath. I do not know this man. After a little while the bystanders came and said to Peter, certainly you two are one of them for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I kind of, yeah, Peter denied Jesus. Oh, how could he do that? I, family, I want to encourage you today. It's Maybe we can get sucked into that a lot more than we realize. And it's this choice to say, I'm going to be faithful to Jesus. And I believe this is so important even in the days we're in and days that are coming. Many of our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world, some of you have lived in parts of the world where you've experienced this much more closely, but I think we're starting to get used to it. But we understand that there is going to be a time and a place where it's not going to be popular, where it may be a cost, but we choose to stand with Him. That's faithfulness. right? I love Sharon Joy Witten. I'm married to Sharon Joy Witten. You don't like that, I'm not going to deny it. Right? You, 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 don't, you don't want some that. Listen, I'm with her. And if, if, if you're not about her, then you're not going to be about me. I'm not going to go, you know, babes, maybe we can just take our wedding rings off because some people don't really like us and some people this, that. I'll tell you, it take her about two seconds to tell me what she thinks about that. Not even two seconds. But we'd all sit there and go, how could, why, what do you mean? That's not marriage. That's not faithfulness. That's not loyalty. But will we have this loyalty to Jesus? Come on, somebody say faithfulness to Jesus. And so we need to have a faithfulness to him. Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. One of the things I've been praying recently is, God, show me where I'm ashamed of the gospel, but I don't realize I'm ashamed of the gospel. Show me where I'm ashamed of what you teach and who you say you are, because I'm in a world right now that is often telling me things that are so different, and it's presented as right and it's presented as you know this is this is tolerant, and this is this. But I say I don't. Show me God where I'm ashamed of the gospel, because I do not want to be ashamed of the gospel. I do not want to be ashamed of you. I want to stand with you. And so this leads me to the second point of what faithfulness means. First, it means to be steadfast in affection or allegiance. Allegiance, excuse me. Second, it means true to the facts, to a standard, or to an original. A faithful copy. So we're going to start with being faithful to Jesus. Being loyal to Jesus. Standing with Jesus. But I know for sometimes that can still be very abstract. What does that look like? What does that mean? What does standing with Jesus mean? So this leads us to the second point where to stand with Jesus is to stand with his word and to stand with truth. If we're going to stand with Jesus, we have to stand with His Word. And we have to stand with truth. John 1 verse 1 and then John 1 14 says this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We've seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father. Full of grace and truth. So family, this is where the rubber starts meeting the road. I'm going to be faithful to Jesus. Well what I need to understand is the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the Word. That Jesus is the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. Now there's a very deep kind of teaching connected to the whole reality of the Trinity. But we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One of the manifestations of God the Son is the living Word. That song we used to sing years ago, Fred Hammond one, about He is the living Word. And we'd sing about the living word and we'd talk about the living word but he truly is the living word. So what that means family to draw a very quick connect point here is if I'm standing with Jesus then I stand with the scriptures. I cannot say I'm standing with Jesus if I do not stand with the scriptures. And standing with the scriptures means standing with all of the scriptures. Standing with Genesis right through to Revelation. And standing with the truth of God's word. This is so key and this is so important. And it's so important because God is bolstering and He's strengthening. I'm not preaching this today because I feel like there's a lot of us who have no faithfulness to the Word. I actually feel like there's an amazing faithfulness to the Word of God in this church. But what I want to do is I want to bolster and I want to strengthen and I want to encourage us because there is a battle over the Word of God. There is a battle over the truth of God's word, family. If you study church history, if you—I love reading church history. I love seeing what—but over the years, there's always this battle to get the scriptures out of the hands of people to get the Bible. That's one of the reasons why the Reformation, which was a massive transformation impact in church history, started after the invention of the printing press, where the Bible could now be printed and it could get into the hands of everyday people. The enemy always wants to get us out of the Word. He wants to try and destroy the word he wants to try and stop the word but we've got to make a decision part of faithfulness to Jesus is being faithful to the word everybody say faithful to the word don't worry she just liked my preaching she was cheering me on there John 14 verse 6 Jesus said to him I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me now this is a bold statement and anyone who wasn't God who made this statement would be completely right off in left field But this is Jesus making this statement. He's saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Guys, a major element of faithfulness in the day we're in, I mean in days past, in the days we're in, in days to come, but I think it's going to be tested for many of us more and more in some of the days that are coming, is staying faithful to the Word of God. And staying faithful to truth. And staying faithful to what God speaks. We live in a culture right now that tells us there is no truth. It's part of the postmodern culture. There is no definition of truth, which is interesting because you're telling me there's no truth, which is a truth that you're telling me. But see, God still says there's truth. God's, God's word is truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. That's not going to change, and he's not intimidated by what goes on in the world around us. We have to stand with truth. Second Timothy 4:1 to 4. 1-4. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom. So, so watch this. He starts. So this is a charge. And it's bringing us in light of eternity, in light of what Jesus has said. To preach the word. So this is Paul speaking to him. He's saying, preach the word. Now, obviously, this can speak to like a context of a preacher like me. But it also would be, if we're preaching the word, it means we're building on the word. We're living according to the word. Preach the word. And watch this. It says, be ready in season and out of season. Now I always found that was a bit of a strange phrase until I dug a little deeper to understand what it means. What it actually means is preach the word when it's popular and when it's not. You hear that again? See, because because... Timothy was in a time where it was not popular to preach the word. Actually, in 2 Timothy, it was the middle of the persecution of Nero, and Christians were being thrown to the lions. Christians were being hung up as torches in his gardens. There was a massive persecution against Christianity. There was a massive attack against the word. Timothy's church was shrinking rapidly because people were denying the faith. People were hiding out. There was, so, even the context of this verse, it was not just some nice little verse for us in there, Paul, but Paul says to me, You preach the word whether it's popular or whether it's not and guys in the same way there is going to be greater pressure many of us walk through it already right now where some of what god says is not popular in our north american context some of what god said will get you canceled some of god's says could cost you in the workplace So what God said could cost you from certain positions or certain circles. But you've got to make a decision. And hear me, I'm not talking about being an arrogant, loudmouthed Christian who bangs people over the head with their Bibles and just causes all kinds of problems for themselves. I'm not talking about that. But I'm also not talking about we keep denying Jesus and his truth when it's convenient to try and get ahead. Right? I'm standing with Jesus and I'm standing with his truth. And that means that I make a commitment if I'm going to live in faithfulness that whatever he says, that settles it. And if I look at it and I don't understand it, I don't change it to fit what feels popular right now or what I feel more comfortable with, I pray and I search and I dig deeper so God can reveal it to me. But the word becomes my foundation. Let's keep reading here a little bit more. It's to preach the word, be ready, right, in season out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Now, it's interesting. A lot of times we don't want to be reproved or rebuked. Amen. No one say anything on that one. With complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears, they accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into miss. Now, quite often when I've read that, I've seen it through a Christian lens or a Christian context. And what I mean by that is, I've kind of seen it. Yeah, some weird Christian teaching or some kind of different thing. But guys, what if part of that too is is teaching that becomes more popular? It says, "Well, you know, I know the Bible says this, but that's not really true. That's not really this. Not really. It talks about that. And actually, what it says in Mark thirteen fifteen, Jesus talking to the in times. He answer him is that the time deception will run rampant. So beware that you're not fooled. We are in times an age where the enemy's going to be working through deception. And the way you avoid deception, here's what you do. If, uh, I remember hearing a guy tell a story who was, he was an expert in figuring out um, forged money. And, and someone was asking him, but how do you do this? He says, well, you know the key, he said, to identifying forgery? So he says, spend tons of time with the original. Because if you know what the original feels like, you get a forgery and you just know because you know what the You don't spend all your time studying forgery. What you do is you study the original. You become intimately acquainted with the original. You fill your life with the original. And then sometimes when you run into forgery, you might not even be able to explain it in natural terms right now. But something in your spirit's just going, no, 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 something's not good there right now. Because you're spending time with what God has. But well, family, I want to encourage you, part of my heart, and it's something I'm going to be praying, I'm going to be preaching more, I'm praying that nobody who follows under the entrustment that God is going to get pulled into deception in days that are coming. But if you're not going to get pulled into deception, you've got to be faithful to Jesus, you've got to be faithful to the Word, and you've got to be prepared even if you have to pay a price. Because for all of eternity, it's going to be worth it. And even now, but we all have to wrestle with this, guys. And it's this call to faithfulness. Call the faithfulness to Jesus no matter what. Call the faithfulness even when it's unpopular. Now, can I put into practice what I'm talking to you guys about right now? Can I I meddle in a moment on something? All right. This has been in my heart over the last week or two because one of the major things in the news right now has been around the issue of abortion. And obviously it wasn't directly here in Canada. It was in the States with Roe v. Wade. And so the question becomes then as Christians, how do we approach this? Because so I haven't said too lot. I've just sat and watched. But I, I've, I've kind of, on a broader scale, been concerned about some of what I've seen. Because if we're people who are faithful to Jesus and we're people who are faithful to the Word, then any topic, our first question is, what does God say about this? What does the Word say about this? Now, I know we've got a lot of complex issues in our world. And I'm not trying to paint this simple picture or take something like abortion, but if we're faithful to the word, we need to start with the word. And we need to say, what does God say? And so if we look, for example, at Psalm 139, 13 to 15, it says, for you formed me in my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. In Luke 1 41 to 44, I'm not going to flip you there right now, but it's the story of where Mary has conceived Jesus. She goes to meet with Elizabeth, who is John the Baptist. Jesus is in his first trimester, John the Baptist is in his second trimester. The Bible says when they came together, the Holy Spirit leapt and the baby leapt in the womb. The Bible is explicitly clear that life starts at conception. It, it, there's no doubt about it. Now, does that lead us to some challenging conversations, some things to work through? Some okay, I've had conversations with people. Wow, what about this? Blah blah. Yeah, and, and we can talk through all those things. But if we're going to be faithful to the Word, we have to start with what God says, and we need to build our reality around what God says. Come on, everybody, say what, say what does God say? Now, I've just given you an example there. Now that brings up a whole lot. of People say, "Oh, yeah, but what about this?" And I don't listen. We can have those conversations, but if we start trying to deal with all kinds of things without the foundation of what God says, we are going to get pulled off into all kinds of different areas and into deception. We will get pulled into deception. We have. Remember, it's not what's popular or not or what's common teaching or what's not or whatever else. We've got to say, God, what do you say? And we practice because if you compromise in one area, you are going to start compromising in other areas. And pretty soon you're going to end up way far from where you were supposed to be. But it's because somewhere along the way you let go of what God's word said. Now I know maybe somebody's listening too and maybe you've had an abortion, you've been involved in abortion. Well let me tell you what God says about that. If you confess your sin he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He doesn't hold you against it at all. So we need to make sure we believe that part of God's truth too. And that you would be forgiven so there's no condemnation. But guys, if we get pulled into, that could be one example. There's so many other things right now. There's like a battle for truth. There's a battle over what you believe. And you and I one day are going to stand before Jesus and we're going to give an account for our life. And I don't want to stand before Jesus and him say to me, Brendan, I'm sorry, I love you, but you love the praise of people the more than you love the people of praise of me. And there's a whole lot of people who are going to stand before me and because you told them something was okay that I didn't say, they thought that's what I said because you didn't have the courage to stand for what was right in that moment. I know, a real light message on a long weekend in August. But my heart is, guys, to encourage us in faith. I'm praying. I'm saying, God, I want to be faithful. God, I want our church to be faithful. I'm not perfect. Nobody here is perfect. Faithfulness isn't perfection. Faithfulness is just saying, okay, I'm sticking with Jesus. I'm sticking with what he says. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig deeper. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to grow. I'm going to repent if I need, but I am going to be faithful. Um, Justin, if you want to come. Uh, there was a couple more things, but we've got to land this here. Um, the third thing, faithfulness means firm in adherence to promises or observance of duty. So I'm going to be faithful to Jesus. I'm going to be faithful to his truth. Number three, I I need to be faithful to what I told him I'm going to do. And I need to be faithful to what he asked me to do. You know, even, it's interesting, my wife and I have been having some conversations, and one of the things people are talking, oh, post-pandemic, oh, people's church attendance is even more sporadic, and some people just aren't even bothering anymore, and, you know, all these things. And yet, are we going to be faithful? Because he's the one who said, don't forsake gathering together. You know, we got prayer on Friday night. He called us to be faithful in prayer. Will we be faithful to what he's asked of us? And then the last definition point was in, to be faithful. And I actually said this is a little bit of obsolete term, which I don't think at all in the kingdom concept, but to be faithful means to be full of faith. Faithful. And I want to encourage you, because even, you know, obviously today I've shared something that's a challenging message I've shared something that I hope is a convicting in the best kind of way message. Um, I'm challenged by it. I'm convicted. I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking at my life and realizing places where I still love the praise of men more than I love the praise of God. Some of the internal fears I battle with. But you know how we overcome all of that? We overcome by growing as people of faith. We grow in being full of faith, full in our trust in God, full in our belief in God, full in our heart, in our pursuit of God. That we got first John 5 verse 4 says, for everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faithfulness is not something we build up in ourselves. It's actually a fruit of the Holy Spirit and it's something that God gives us the power to do. And so I want to encourage you as we finish this message today that God is raising up a fresh faithfulness in His people. God is raising up a fresh faith. But I want to call you today, be faithful to Jesus. Be faithful to His Word. Be faithful to His calling. Be faithful to the promises you've made of Him. Be faithful to follow Him. Even if it's hard, be faithful. Even if some people don't understand it, be faithful. Even if you have to pay a price, be faithful. Even if you stepped out and tried to do something you felt like God was calling you to do and you felt like you got shot full of holes and it didn't work out and you just felt beat down and you felt like this, what happened here? You know what? There was faithfulness in your obedience and you continue to be faithful to Him even now. But let's be faithful. Be faithful. Let it stir in your heart today. I'm going to be faithful to Jesus. I'm going to stand with Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. Come what may. Whatever happens. Whatever challenges. I'm with Him. Come on somebody say be faithful. Come on somebody say deeper faithfulness. So over the next couple of weeks we're going to unpack this a little bit more. And we're going to go deeper in what does it look like and how do we walk in faithfulness. And how do we grow in that? But I just want to pray today as we bring this to a close. I want to pray for all of us, myself included. That we will be faithful. That the Holy Spirit will do a deep work in our hearts. He'll continue to deep work in our hearts. And that we're going to follow Jesus. There's that old hymn I really used to sing. I think it was a hymn. Was it a hymn? I have decided... To follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Let me say this in close. I remember uh, one of my first examples that I can remember of faithfulness was when I was in grade 10, and I joined the weight training class. Because I was skinny. I wanted some muscles. I was really skinny in grade 10. Um, And if you want to picture a stereotypical classic guy's weight training class in 1993. Jock City. Football players, basketball players, and me. Locker room talk, everything you can think of. So, one day we're in the locker room, and you know, I'm the young guy, right? I'm only grade 10. All these guys are grade 11, grade 12s, grade 13s. We had OEC back then. So, I'm the young, skinny little guy in there. And there was another guy I came to understand. His name is Eric, and he was a Christian. He's a little older than me, a couple years older. And one day in the locker room, the guys started in on him. They just started going at him, attacking him. you Christian. You can't do this. You can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. Like they were just going after him. And all right, I just kind of went, back up, back up. You know, I was just like, I was watching, and I will always remember for the rest of my life. Eric stood, and he looked at them. He said, yeah, you're right, I don't swear. And yeah, you're right, I don't do this, and I don't do that. And he says, you want to know why? And the locker room got really quiet. And he said, because one day, every one of us are going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account for every word we've said, every action we've lived out. And he said, so I understand. I'm going to stand before God. I don't remember if the locker room shut it down. I don't remember. I don't think most of them liked what he said. But it reminded me of a truth. And it gave me an example. And it's something that always stuck with me. Because remember, every time you are faithful, even if you pray a price, it's going to put steel in somebody else's backbone. It's going to encourage somebody else. It's going to help somebody else see here Eric did that. Here I am 30 years later. And I'm still talking about it. And I'm still sharing about it because he had the courage to be faithful to Jesus in that moment. And he paid a price. He was not going to win the most popular guy in the class. Who knows what else he paid behind the scenes, but he was faithful. But guys, that is true what he said. One day we're going to stand before Jesus. We're going to give an account. He's going to ask us how we lived our lives, what we believed, what we didn't believe. Did we stand with him in those moments? He's not there to criticize us or put us down. But I don't know about you, but I want to be able to stand before him. And I want to be able to say, Jesus, I wasn't perfect, but I stood with you. And I want to see him look at me say, so, yeah, Brendan, you remember that one time and you took all that heat because you stood up for what was right? I was proud of you when you did that. Thank you for taking that step of faith, Brendan, when you did this. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing this because you stood with me. And I know in the moment you didn't really feel my presence. You didn't really feel anything. But I was there with you because when you stand with Jesus, Jesus stands with you. And he makes that decision, stand with me. When we see the eternal picture, guys, it changes everything. Come on, somebody say, stand with Jesus. Come on, somebody say, deeper faithfulness. So if you're with me today, and you're saying, I want to ask God that I would grow in faithfulness, I want to invite you just to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray for all of us, myself first, just that we will continue to grow and walk in faithfulness. And I want you just to hold your hands out like you're receiving something from the Lord. Lord, we come before you today. And Lord, I pray just that we will grow deeper in our faithfulness. We want to be faithful. I want to be faithful. I know as a church family, I want our church family to be faithful. So do a work in our hearts. Mark us today. God, I pray for people right now who maybe are listening to me and are in situations right now where they're having to be faithful. Maybe they're paying a price. They might be paying a very steep price for faithfulness to Jesus. I thank you that you fill them with strength today. I pray that you fill them with courage today. And I pray you help them to see the eternal picture of what's going on. And I pray you help them to understand that you stand with them when they stand for you. And I pray in Jesus' name that just, I feel like there's at least one person here that's going through something. There's some stuff going on right now. And the Lord just wants you to know that he's standing with you. And that there's eternal reward for standing with him. Well, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This keeps bubbling up in my heart, so I'm just gonna say, Rachel. God wants you to know that he honors you for your faithfulness. And I just, every time I'm preaching, I keep looking back at you and I keep hearing that. And you, you paid a very steep price for following God and there was a lot that, there was a lot of hits. But it just keeps burning up in my heart that God wants you to know that there is eternal reward for your faithfulness. And that your faithfulness is making and will make impacts that you don't even see or understand. But Father, I just pray a blessing today. God's just filling you in a fresh way. I just, I, I couldn't keep silent on it. I had to bring that your faithfulness, your faithfulness before the Lord was a beautiful offering. And Father, we just thank you today in Jesus' name. I know it's it in my heart for Rachel, but there's so many people in this place that you want to encourage them and call them higher in their faithfulness. And so Lord, we thank you for this today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew. Usually I like to finish worships up, but I've already kind of knocked my time out. So so here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to bring things to a close. I think the team's here. They're going to worship for a bit. If you just want to worship for a little bit, you feel free to stay and worship. We are going to ask moms and dads, go get the kids. If you need to go today, you can go. But let's just, let's be doers of this. Amen. Let's, let's push forward this. God's taking us deeper in faithfulness. So we're going to be talking about faithfulness more this month. So have a great rest of your day. Have a great long weekend. Um. If you need prayer for something, just we'll have some leaders up here at the front. If you need to give your life to Jesus, we'll have some leaders up here at the front. But let's have an amazing week. Let's push forward together. Remember, prayer on Friday night. We want to see you there. The youth cafe is open for fundraising for the youth. We've got a lot of good stuff there. You can grab it as you go. But we love you. God bless you. Have an amazing week. And let's go deeper in faithfulness. Amen? Why, well, Everybody say, deeper faithfulness. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Have an amazing Sunday. The team will just worship for a bit. If you want to stay in worship, worship, feel free to worship for a little bit more. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant. Your faithful promises. Time and time again, you are proving you do just what you say. The storms may come and the winds may blow, I will remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come.